Welcome in to the Vinyl Community Podcast. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends or sometimes ends. And it doesn't matter if you're bald or if you've got split ends, if you're a Barbie or a Ken, this is Surface Noise back at you every other Thursday, causing mischief and mayhem. If you're watching this live or if you're listening to this later on Vinyl Community Podcast, thanks for joining us. I am Concert Buddy, or Boudet in French. I'm joined by esteemed panelists. We'll start with uh, Mr. Hall of Fame joining us. How's Hello it going, Brandon? How's it going? Good, sir. Good to have you on board for this presentation. Yeah, and then down, down south in that little big town of Austin, Texas, the one, the only, Jason Rojas. Jason, what's a good word? I'm just melting. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it so hot? It like the, the will to live just like is leaving your body like your life force wants to just give up. I think if you're out in the heat too long, you will make poor decisions. That's <laughs> like, do I need this box set? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you're saying it's so hot, and then you seek refuge in the record store, and then you're yeah. you're not you're not of sound mind, and and then it just feels like it makes a better decision to pay $150 for a UHQR. Is that kind of what you're saying? I was full. We can talk about that later. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll bring that one up. And then in the, in the, the, the cool comfort of the NYC, Arnaldo Fidelius underscore frequency. How you doing, pal? Hey guys. Hi chance. How's it going? Going I, terrific. It's nice and cool. So nice. <laughs> today I think maybe the high was like 80 something. So, and it's breezy and yeah, it's really beautiful. I don't even have the AC on tonight. So oh, now he's showing um, off. That, that's yeah, what we call flex. But Jay said, at least you're not wearing a hat. Remember when you would uh, be on screen you'd have a little hat cause it was cold in Minnesota. So sure. yeah, you go from one extreme to another, Jason, yeah. you're in Minnesota and you're wearing a cap, like an, like a, an Eskimo in an igloo. And now is that sweat on your brow? I mean, is it that hot? They're sweating inside. Right. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I just like punishment, right? <laughs> Good stuff. Well, we got a couple of uh, pre-chosen topics we'll talk through. And, and as always, we do uh, first hour-ish where we talk through these topics. And that's for the podcast. And then afterwards, we do some freestyle and talk about what we've got. Topics of the day controversial hot takes or not takes all that good stuff so let's kind of launch into topic numero uno and you know it's interesting when when trying to figure out what to talk about on this stuff i keep going back to my sports roots and brandon can appreciate this because brandon is a uh, a hall of famer at his, his college college basketball player so i'm sure you can appreciate this one but um you know i got to thinking and i think i heard this from somebody else actually several people have said they've slowed slowed down their purchases this year for numerous reasons you know personal financial situations uh inflation the cost of not only new vinyl going up but used vinyl going up kind of like a to b a to b so i got to thinking is there an off season is there is there like a down period in the record collecting is it the summer is it the winter so brandon we'll kind of kick it off with you do you for you is, is there like a dedicated time each year that you just kind of slow it down? Is it around the holidays or is it is is it really just very subjective? Yeah, I, I think it's very sub subjective. And I would almost put it in the context of like maybe people that like to buy records, like to play records and enjoy that. And then like the, I guess what we refer to as the collectors or the audiophiles and all that kind of stuff. And I think like, like for those all of us that are on the panel, I would say I would kind of put into that latter category. I really don't feel that there's an off season where just because Christmas has come around, we're not paying attention to new releases or going out and buying things or just because it's the weather's nicer outside. So we're doing more outdoor activities that somehow the, the record shops really get and just buying in general gets kind of pushed back. Um, I, I think once you're kind of in that level of obsession that I feel like most of us are, mm -hmm. it's kind of a constant thing all year round where there might be times when we decide to take breaks. Like I'm just sick of dealing with this, but it's not a season. It's more so like I need to rejuvenate and I'll have times like that. where just for a week, week and a half. 
two weeks sometimes. I'm <laughs> like, I'm I'm not going into my music room. I'm not playing any records. I don't. So I'm very adamant about not putting rules on myself where I have to be spinning records this often, this many. When I'm feeling it, I go for it. When I don't, I don't. But there, there's no off season. So, um, so let's dig a little deeper there. So how do you, how do you recognize that? Like, I don't want to use the word burnout, but you just, you, do you feel personally, you're like, I'm going to take a little bit of a respite. Now, obviously, you know, like when we travel or we go out of town or whatever, that's kind of like imposed, but then there's also like, Hey, I'm in a different place. Mm-hmm. Let's check out the record store. So, so how would you describe like when you know it's time to kind of like chill for a, for a hot minute? Do, do, you, do you, how would you describe that feeling? It's almost as simple as saying, like, do I feel pushed towards having to go to the record store? Do I feel pushed like I need to go down in the basement, but I kind of or do I do I feel like I'm pulled like I can't wait to get or I and it really is almost that simple. And I think if you just kind of pay attention to there's nothing else I'd rather be doing at this moment than spending a record or there's actually three or four of the things, but I need to play that record I got. Like just those two statements alone just are, are worlds apart to me. You know, it's just you, you go with your gut more or less. Sure. I mean, sure. Well, Arnaldo, since, since you are collecting from the inside, which was a great episode that we had together, um, <clears throat> from, from the business lens, is there, well, first of all, let's talk about the collector lens. Do you feel that there's times of the year that you kind of uh, deliberately or intentionally pause? Uh, slow down your collecting and conversely or i guess along those same lines from the business lens does does is there like an off-season approach from the labels and so forth well from a personal point of view i would say that there are periods of peak um rather than off seasons for me uh Mm -hmm. usually december and january are the two months that i kind of catch up on the things that i missed from the previous year and it could spill over until like February. Um, and that is tied to the fact that there aren't that many new releases coming out in the first quarter. And here we go back to the business industry, the, the business music industry and the business side of it, where the hotter releases start coming out from September all the way through November. Um, and those are the really peak months. Uh, the lull is January and February and some of the major releases start the the more important releases start coming out around, uh, March. So I kind of follow that calendar for some reason. (laughs) Sure. Uh, sure. (laughs) Makes sense. Well, Jason, what about you? I mean, I mean, you've got a humdinger as they say of a collection. Do you ever, do you ever intentionally be like, you know what? I need to chill. And does it happen regularly, or is it just kind of like Brian was saying? It's just like, all right, happening right now. Actually, I bought. This oh, we, we're catching you. We're catching you on menopause. All right, perfect. And I, was, <laughs> I bought this holy grail. I don't want to say it and jinx myself because it's in the mail. Mm. I'll make a video about it and then mm. cry in my video, right? Um, <laughs> but it was like something I've been looking for for like 10, 13 years. Wow, it was not cheap. Uh, actually, it was in Denbosch, and I missed it by a couple minutes. All right, now hang on a second. It, it, can we have one guess each? If you give us one hint, give it. Give us. Give us a hint, and we'll each take a guess. And if we can't get it, we'll just keep it secret. Late '60s psychedelic. Oh, oh. late '60s. Psych- I mean, that could be so many things. It could be. Yeah. It could be 13th floor. It could be Gandalf. It could be. I don't know, Brandon. I'll, I'll give you the first guess. I don't want to, you know, I want to take yours. I honestly have no clue. <laughs> <laughs> Just late '60s psych. Um, it's it's it could be no so many clear. things, right? I'll have to wait for your video. All right, Arnaldo, you want to take a stab at this one? Um, uh, the only one record that comes to mind that I think is really sought after. I know Jason already has it. Um. The Zombies Odyssey. I know that's that's <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> like you make it sound like I have the trading card already. You, I have that. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I can't think of anything else. So whatever it is, it's going to be a surprise. Mm. I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm just gonna go with Gandalf. I already said it. 
is it Gandalf? Oh, ooh. Because I just, and here's why. Because I just saw Dusty Groove had it and I missed it. And I was like, I don't even know what they sold it for, but I was so war- I was so curious what they ended up selling that for. So I don't even know what Gandalf is. Can you guys be? <laughs> I feel like, okay, what am I missing? We need we need to call the bullpen for our psych uh, uh, experts on here. All I know is it's late '60s psych. I have a reissue, and it's pretty interesting. Um, but it's a highly collectible record. It's a cool uh, yellow. It's a cool art. I mean, it's like everything you'd want: the sound, the look. It's everything that kind of hits those marks, and now it's collectible because I didn't make a lot of them. So um, it, it hits all the marks on my from a collector lens that I would be willing to chase it without really like being a super fan. But that's just me. So can you highlight Record Hound's comment? Ooh, hang on. Give Let's, him that guess. Oh, he's got oh. So Record Hound says Nucleus, either the British or Canadian group. No, but Record Hound, it is British. They're British. Oh. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, you know they're what we're British, gonna do? They're not bizarre. All right. Well, here's what we're gonna do. If you're watching this, marinate on it, like a, like a nice steak marinade and we'll come back to this one because i, th- I think you've wet the whistle a lot of us if you guess it and you know i'll give you the tears of a uhqr how about that? <laughs> <laughs> all right we we've, we've gone off the beaten path let's go back to the, the idea of the so you said you're in the in the midst of your off season you're in off season period what does that does that even uh, register to you or is it just a matter of hey i just moved kind of getting things in order so it's not like every year and in beginning of august i'm like this it's just life has kind of other things other things in front of you as opposed to record collecting yeah i mean the thing was like i didn't go to the record store at the local record stores in austin until two weeks ago and when i went there it was like overpriced by at least 15 20 percent and like it broke my heart like i was holding fleetwood mac rumors for like 25 dollars and you know i that is the norm, right? But I'm still no. like, why? Well, I saw a copy of that for 40 the other day. No. Yes. Like a used copy? A used copy. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know, you know, we've been here for a while. That's insane. We've been hearing for a while of the quote unquote bubble potentially bursting. I think it's things like that that because that used to be a a $3 record, a $7 record, a $12 record, even 18 months ago, maybe a $15 record. Like I have a friend who has a shop. And it didn't even have the insert. Uh, and was, it, was it a textured cover? Was it any of the... It was. It was a textured cover. Okay. And the cover was in pretty good shape. It didn't have too much ring wear. Okay. But I looked inside and it didn't even have the insert. Sadness. Mm. Mm. And and from what I hear, that that sold millions of copies. <laughs> Twenty million, I think. <laughs> so, so so the collectability is kind of so so. Wow, I mean what? A, I mean, and that's only really scaled the last seven or eight years. Because again, I can remember seven dollars all day, every day, anywhere you go, Brandy. You probably remember like we shop a lot of the same shops here locally. Like, not that was not a hard record to find. Now it's when it pops up, there's people who literally will call stores to hold it. That. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like barely 10, 12 years ago. I mean, you could go into a record store, you walked in with $100, you expected to come out with 40, 45 records. Easy, easy. I mean, all day long. So David Bianco is, is in the gallery tonight. He had told us he was going to go see a movie, and then uh, uh, his, his, his words, his secretary got his, his, uh, his travels wrong, but he said that uh, 20 million is the rumor. And of course, he spelled it like rumor because David, right? <laughs> oh, that's funny. On this show, we will not make any rumors whatsoever. You know, whatsoever. We will not call any VC controversies. Zero, zero vinyl community controversy. And if it happens errantly, it's not our fault, not our intention. We're right. we're we are a peaceful. Jose shows too many records, right? Maybe he owns too many records. <laughs> Well, well, it's funny you bring up Jose. Jose is joining us at some point, but J- Jason uh, sent me a note right before we went live that uh, I guess Jose has run into some issues. I, 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 one of his calyxes fall over on him. There's too many records. What happened to him? Right. <laughs> so, so, so Jose will be popping in at some point. But uh, anyway, well, you know, my take on this one is that there's not. I don't have a set 
part of my year where I'm like, don't buy any records or, and, and Brandon's heard this from me plenty of times about the vinyl diet. Mm-hmm. I, I really try to go to really be intentional and throttle what I'm bringing into my collection because I, I, I need to process, I need to sleeve clean all the rigmarole that comes with record collecting. But I also don't limit myself because if that, whatever record I've been chasing or all these announcements get made, you know, I don't want to, you know, miss out on that stuff. So I don't have like a, a time every year, but it's kind of what you're saying, Brandon, like I, I do think that, and I'm very reluctant to use the word burnout, but I do feel something that's just like, I need to switch my focus either. You know, I need to, you know, get out more <laughs> or, or like today is a perfect example. Cause I, I went out to lunch and I could have stopped by a local shop and normally I would have, but um, you know, we have that, we have a record show locally coming out this weekend. So I'm like, I'm going to put all my energy into that. So normally it'd be a no brainer. I do, I do both. But I'm confused um, on what you said, vinyl diet. Was it like, I'll buy the Eagles, right? But not that Eagles. I'll buy this Eagles, right? Uh, <laughs> is that your vinyl diet? Like, <laughs> my, no, my vinyl diet, and this is the one that doesn't work. Is I buy the one step, and then I instantly regret it because um, it's it, it's 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 tasty, but it's not one hundred and twenty-five dollars tasty. Some of them, I mean, teach your own. I mean, I would never advocate and tell people how to spend their money, but. Um, it's interesting. Side note: I saw that the uh, uh, what was it? The cannibal? Uh, what was the one? They just announced the one step for pre-order. Uh, cannibal Adderley. Cannibal Adderley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to be honest. I, I hate to say this. I could care less. I mean, honestly, like I'm, I'm sure it'll be nice, but I did not feel inspired to rush to the website and throw my, you know, did you guys, I mean, was there any, no, no. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jason. I was like shocked. I was like, wow, jazz. Cool. <laughs> and then with that email, I like, moved it somewhere else. Cool. <laughs> uh, Arnaldo, you were shaking your head too on that one. Like no, no call to action. No, you know, like, are you going to pass on this one? Yeah, yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy with my uh, Blue Note Classic reissue. Mm. I'm happy with that. Well, that raises a good point because, and, and and we were talking a little bit off air about this about top copy, right? At what point is there? Do you feel like there's top copy because it could be an original? And again, everybody collects different things for different reasons. But if you find one that you're just completely satisfied with. Does that kind of put a wet blanket on looking elsewhere, having the wandering eye of, oh, they've put it at 45 RPM. Should I get that one or one step or whatever? How do you guys feel about that? I think it all depends on how much you care about the record. Had it been a Smith's record that's coming out in UHQR, of course. Um, I have like five copies of it, but I'll buy the UHQR or the one step. What do you think, Brandon? Do you, because uh, because as somebody who collects multiple copies, now I'm not trying to out here, but I do the same thing. Um, do you ever feel like when it comes to a certain title that you feel like okay, this is it for me? I've got a couple copies. I mean, it could it could be a different equation for different artists, different titles, like Arnaldo said. Mm-hmm. Um, does that come easy? And do you have have you reached that point on certain titles? Yeah, I mean, I think on a lot of things, if if I have that copy where I really feel like you know this is just fantastic beautiful whatever it is and uh uh, you know one step or something comes out basically all it does for me is it completely takes away the pressure for me to feel like i have to go get that new whatever so it kind of becomes a default you know if there's nothing else that's really jumping out at me right now and you have to keep in mind i'm always talking from the standpoint of working at the record shop i'm oftentimes dealing with credit you know, oh, sure, um, sure. And not just, you know, spending and ordering things. So that that's what will end up happening. So like with that Adderley that you're talking about coming out, um, that's actually one that I was halfway excited about because for the most part, I don't care that much about the one steps, but I'm like, that's a really cool title. And if Billy gets some of those in and I've worked a couple of days, there's really nothing kind of coming through, no new collections, I'll grab it. But, you know, I have a, a beautiful Japanese pressing of it. I think that sounds fantastic. I don't feel the need to have to have it. If I don't get it, eh. Only was didn't that, get it because I got something else that was amazing. Was that done in Music Matters as well? Uh, I don't know. 
think like SRX, Classic Records, um, Chad, Chad yeah, King. Yeah. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Oh, so uh, Music Sanctuary says I'm actually looking forward to getting MoFi Hotel California. It's an interesting, interesting point because I personally have pre-ordered that one step. However, I have the, the original MoFi from like '84, whenever they did it, and I got to be honest, it was I, I it, for a time I thought it was one of the best sounding records in my collection. So to that end, when I saw they were doing the one step, it was a couple things for me. When I saw they were doing the one step, I was mildly curious. It was also that they've been doing the full catalog as one steps, and I was already two or three in, right? So then, then that completionist thing kicks in because I'm like, well, I've already, why stop? <laughs> but to what we we're saying, I, I'm completely content. I think uh, not this, not to give away uh, the store, but I think David Bianco is going to do a shootout when it comes out, and I've volunteered my other copy so you can, you know, do do what he needs to do on that piece, but. Interesting. Oh, Wyoming Dave, I have the original Cannonball Adderley on Blue Note. Well, good for you, pal. That's good. How's it sound? Tell us how it sounds. Music in the house. Good evening, gentlemen. I'm with you, Arnaldo. I'd go in on a favorite album, but not just to be a completist on a particular Audiophile series. Dig it. Dig it. All right. Let's go to topic number two. Topic number two is, is there a genre? And this is kind of a common theme of what we're kind of talking about here. Is there a genre you are quote unquote done collecting you have what you need you have what you are content with so arnaldo let's start with you because and i say this because personally and i'll we'll circle back to this i've talked about this several times all over the place like i feel i'm pretty good on jazz like i'm still adding some jazz pieces but i feel like i've got what i need personally for the most part I'm not going to walk away from it if, you know, certain things. I, I know the Lee Morgan uh, Blue Note Classics came out today. I'll probably pick that one up. But is there a genre that you feel that you're you're pretty good and you don't really – you're not going to really, when you go to the record store, look for it anymore? Uh, I'm just starting on jazz. So I still have a few more titles that I think are essential part of the 100 list. <laughs> um, but uh, I would say maybe country right. uh, is one genre that – I don't have much and I think I'm good in it, you know. Uh, and, and what and, and if I can push further, what what's good? Do you feel like do you feel and I'm I'm just throwing names out there, you've got the Willie Nelson you need, you've got the Dolly you need. Is it something as simple as that or actually I want to get that uh Stardust, the Willie Nelson Stardust. Okay. okay. That one that that one I'm yeah, I need to get. Um, and I'm waiting to pull the trigger on um, Coat of Many Colors. If I could ever rack up eight titles from Vinyl Please, like I place the order. <laughs> I'm in the same boat. I'm, I'm in the same boat. I've got to them up. It is like, okay, I'm only at six. Uh, it, it's it's heartbreaking. It's funny you bring that up. And I know we've talked a little bit about this offline, but I've, I've been waiting to cash in that chip of the eight free quote unquote titles. And I'm like you, I can't fill out enough titles right because most of the titles are the previous um records of the month right right and so you're... a lot of the ones that i want i have already <laughs> so it's kind of hard for me um yeah and uh yeah and i think uh Folsom prison is another one that is i keep adding to the cart <laughs> okay <laughs> so it's like yeah i think if i don't be pleased is going to like fill out my my country section I'm with you. I'm with you. They do a nice job for what they do, especially like what they've been curating. Now I know they had that Dolly Parton uh, vinyl me Parton. Yeah, uh, well, I'm not part of the I'm not part of the club, but I did pre-order the Rockstar, the new album that's coming. Oh out. sure, the vinyl me please version. Oh okay. Nice. So yeah. I'm curious just to hear that. I was tempted because they do have some that they're holding back that it's only part of that. But but I noticed I guess when the, the series first premiered whatever extra inventory they magically threw it out to members and it got gobbled up real quick so it's been interesting how they run that but anywho oh jason arsenal this is a good one not done collecting 80s action movie soundtracks never yeah. never never surrender how about that <laughs> never surrender see what i did there jason what would you say i mean you have a very wide and diverse palette of musical interests and tastes is there like a genre that you're you're i'm good i don't really seek it out if it if it's something i'm at a show or whatever and something pops up i'll i'll, I'll pop on it but intentionally you're not seeking it out 
I have many copies of this record. I need to stop buying this record. I need oh, to hang on. Can you can you stop. tell us what this record is, Jason? This is Heart of the Congos. I think this is the last uh, Lee Scratch Perry. I could be wrong. Like production seventy seven. Now, I buy many copies of this. Is, is everyone watching me? Like this is insane. No more. No more. <laughs> is it because you're searching for the perfect one? Yes. And there, I, I've come to the realization there is no perfect record. This record sounds like poop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I love this record, but forget it. Like, forget it. So is it is it just title specific, or is it or is there a genre that you're you're? Um, yeah, it's probably just reggae dub thing. Like, I, I'm not gonna find like a perfect like that, you know, clear UHQR kind of thing. That's just not gonna happen with these. You know, the pressing plants in Jamaica were sketchy at best. Sure, sure. If you thought RTI mofis were bad, the warp, lip warp. Count your blessings. Right. <laughs> what would you, side question for you, what, do you do anything on Zamrock? Has that ever appealed to you? No, no. That's already too much money. I already missed the boat on it. Yeah, I, yeah, I th- I'm same with you. Like, I, I'm, we're just picking up like crumbs at this point. I think the people who got them got them, and they're not going to come out. Brandon, what would you say? Is there a, a, such a large and, and diverse collection yourself? Is there a genre that you, you feel you're good on? Soundtracks? I don't know. You don't remember me. Yeah, you know, with most genres, I'm kind of just in that opportunistic mode. But I think the one that would fit this question would be the whole dance, techno, house type of stuff. Um, there are just so few albums that I really kind of that fit into that category for me that I like in the first place. And I feel like the two that I really want, I have kind of thing. So that that's one that I put zero effort into looking for anything in that category. Brandon, what do you have against glow sticks? <laughs> uh, they made me twitch. I don't know. <laughs> Something about that that just that repetitive electric. It is, it's just like I, I can understand a lot of things. Come, I should say understand. I can take in and appreciate a lot of things and you know music coming from a lot of different places sure. something about that is just like unless you have ecstasy how does this work please do not mail ecstasy to brandon <laughs> we don't need to start anything here thank you very much but then the funny thing is like that uh that lcd system that uh 4533 i don't know if you're familiar with that album or not mm-hmm. but it's kind of a lot of that same stuff that repetitive yeah. I freaking love that album, and I cannot figure out why for the life of me. But I can listen to that thing all day long. But mm. in general, man, that that techno techno house stuff just like. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I, I, I share I share a, a similar sentiment. I like Skrillex. Believe it or not, I like like early Skrillex stuff. But um, I've been to festivals and I've witnessed what goes on with. Uh, SDS nine and and some of the, uh, that kind of stuff and it's I've never felt older than watching <laughs> one of those performances and 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 seeing uh, dancing glow stick Optimus Prime and people in dinosaur suits and I yeah I just can't do it. Uh, we got a question uh, for you, Brandon, from the gallery. This is Michael Tedder, also another local here. Um, how many copies of that Danzig one do you have, Brandon? <laughs> I just have the the, the one promo copy. Mm. Look at that. All I need. Big flex. <laughs> Look, music in the house says never say never, but I'm pretty full up on Chinese opera and smooth jazz. I don't have any. <laughs> that's, that's probably pretty smart. Another question for the gallery for Arnaldo this time. Do you have the Flying Burrito Brothers debut Gilded Palace of Sin? I do. It's a must have Cosmic American Music Classic. I actually already responded in the gallery. Oh, I'm sorry. I haven't yeah, gotten okay. that far. Oh, yeah, but I, I, I mean, I'll address it here also. Um, yes, it's on my list for the intervention ver- version. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's currently in stock. Right now, I was out of stock, and I was waiting for it to come back. So, yeah. That one, I think they have both. They have the Gilded uh, Palace of Sin, and then they have Burrito Supreme. Oh, the 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 sorry. 
<laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Well, good stuff. Well, we've gone through the topics, guys. Why don't we uh, just go around the horn and uh, just talk about what are some real sweet things that you've added to your collection? Let's call it, I don't know, the last two weeks. Let's kind of keep it short and sweet. Brandon, what kind of uh, burners, what's something that you're just so happy you've added to your collection the last couple of weeks? Biggest thing in the last couple of weeks is definitely a um, OG copy of Danzig 4. Oh, and where did you find that? Uh, actually, they did a trade with a, a guy that comes into the shop. You know, we've, we've kind of become friends over the past few months. And, uh, and yeah, he, you know, he's come over and hung out a couple of times. And it's just one that he had that he wasn't, you know, that big on. He knew exactly what it was. Okay. He was like, yeah, I don't mind getting rid of this. And we kind of worked out a nice little swap and got a beautiful Danzig 4. Did you trade that audio slave record you tried trading me? No, it's still there. <laughs> still available for trade if anyone is interested. <laughs> that's one that's about to go on the market too. I mean, it's, oh, it's you're going. Oh, you're going to unload it, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful sealed copy, and I, you know, OG audio slave revelations, and I just, I don't care about it enough. I think someone who really, really digs that would love to have a, like I said, an OG sealed copy of it. So. I'm going to put it out there into the, the vinyl universe and kind of see what it throws back at me. I'm with you. I'm with you. Jason, I, you went offline briefly. Have you have you found something outside of this mysterious grail that will reveal itself further down the road? Uh, you said you, you you waited to go to the record stores in Austin, like I'm assuming Breakaway and End of an Ear and those guys. Um, I didn't go to End of the Ear yet. Oh, you didn't? Okay. So maybe this weekend to suffer. But I went to Breakaway. I only bought one record. You want to see that record? Yes, come on. The way he's looking at it, he wants to show it. Oh, he does. One record, you know. I didn't even find it. Like, like my friend found it, and then he was like, "I'm not going to buy this." I'm like, "What?" Oof. Wow. And you didn't have to do like a Jedi mind trick and be like, "You do not." You do not. He's like holding. He's like, "Now I'm not going to buy this." I'm just like, "Dude, you got to give that to me, bro." Oh, that's funny. Oh. Breakfast King, what's up? Yeah, 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 yeah. Show it, show it. Arnaldo, you also went dark there. Did you go pull something that you're uh, excited? Yeah, like over the weekend, I almost passed out, and I was doing because it almost passed out from. Oh yeah, it was no, it was it was when I wasn't in a record store, just walking from one to the other. Oh, it was like brutally hot. It was ridiculous. Um, So yeah, uh, the heat is actually does not do well because I was seeking reprieve. (laughs) <laughs> and air conditioning <laughs> and i was staying longer in the record store uh so uh that actually only uh adds to the purchase but um yeah i found a couple of old things are we showing old or new oh, whatever you want to show us whatever you want to talk about all right actually oh break oh, oh everybody oh right everybody's going to their corners on this one okay so and and, and listen no 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 don't uh, show it all because we'll talk about it at the freestyle part. But why, why don't you show us the one, the, the the few that you're like super like excited about? Oh wait, hold on, I didn't pull it out. But um, let's see. See this, um, Cheeks Risque. Oh yeah, yeah, I got a copy of that. Nice. Oh yeah, ready? Oh, that's a real clean classic. That's a classic. Wow, yep. And the reason why is I have a sealed copy and I can't bring myself to open it. Well, we'll come back to that because I before we end, end the the podcast part of this, I had I had one more thing I wanted to throw at you guys, but that's a great tease to it. Um, this also was missing. Uh, I'm uh, I caught the lamb fever, so. Okay. Okay. This is one I didn't have. Is, is that the, is that self-titled? Help me out with that one. No, this is the last one. This is called uh, Music from the Edge of Heaven. Gotcha, gotcha. Because that reissue they just did has the same color palette as that cover, yes, right? But it's the singles. That one's called the singles. And it was it, wasn't it missing one of their big hits? The, the one that just got reissued. Oh, that I don't know. I think that's okay. a double. I don't know what, what it, it could yeah, be. It's, it's a double album with the greatest hits, basically yeah. greatest hits. But but I, I thought I heard in passing that it was missing. I, I don't want to say la- one of their big hits. Uh, uh, not not like last Christmas. Anyway, I'm, I don't want to start any rumors. But I, Careless Whisper. It can't be missing. Careless Whisper. 
No, I think that was on there. Okay. I, I, I skimmed through it one time, but I don't remember every single track. I think I read something. Like I said, again, I'm just talking out of both sides here, but I thought I had read something in passing. Like, why would they do a Wham's Greatest Hits when it doesn't include X? And I was like, oh, okay, well, that's definitely not a call to action to buy something if it's missing one of their seminal hits. Oh, yeah, so Jeffrey Beaumont, so, yeah, it's missing Careless Whisper. Oh. Come on. How can you – I mean – Well, I think I know why. Okay. If it is a – if it's a non-U.S. Uh, initiated release outside of the U.S., um, that came out as George Michael. Only in the U.S. it came out as Wham. It's interesting you bring that up, Ronaldo, because I watched that documentary. And I, I Andrew originally has to be like a super nice guy or just knew where his bread was buttered because some of the – especially when they came to the States, it, it, some of their singles originally said – George Michael of Wham X song, like even on like the 45s, like very early on, like they, he was trying to like cross brand himself, which I was very interested because in, you would think that Andrew originally be pretty ticked off. <laughs> right. And so early well, on, you know, but he, but he was very, throughout the documentary, it was a very common repetitive theme that he knew that George Michael was very talented and he knew that he was going to be the super duper star and all that stuff. But, and it's because I think they wanted to elevate the profile of Wham in the United States that it was marketed as Wham featuring George Michael. Um, I mean, it went to benefit Andrew Ridgely anyway. Because of course, of course. He's the co-writer. Of, he only co-wrote a handful of songs, and that is one of them. So, mm-hmm. um, time to tour. It's time for him to tour. Wham featuring Andrew Ridley. <laughs> <laughs> time to make that money. <laughs> All right, Jason. So you went, you went, you went dark, and you came back. So give the people what they want. But one record at Breakaway. If you're familiar with this record, this is the band Felt from the UK. Um, very '80s, like new wavy. Well, no, I wouldn't say new wavy. Very like this would be like the UK version of Tom Petty in a way. Really? Um, very jangly. Um, it's a pretty cool cover. If you have one guy, I think he passed away two years ago. Um, I think this is the keyboard player, but again, very birdsy, jangly, Tom Petty-ish, um, very monotone vocals if you're into that. I mean, kind of like a Velvet Underground, but a little bit more funkier in a way. Okay, nice. Is Have you ever seen this in a while before? No. Oh. Shout out to Breakaway, bringing that heat. Yeah, so it was very special, but I mean, I almost didn't get it. I mean... My friend could have like gotten in, then I would have cried in the middle. Cried of like, <laughs> <laughs> guys' tears. It's like, oh, oh no, that's funny. Good stuff. <laughs> well, well, leave it to David Bianco. He's got to go. He said, "Wham!" Minus the dead guy. Well, that's pretty good branding. I don't know how many tickets they'd sell. I mean. <laughs> Kind of crazy, cool. but I, I don't know if that would really go that far. Man featuring Andrew Ridley, and then like he's singing, but then there's another guy who's singing too. Listen, they got the holograms. They could just have the the, the George Michael hologram. He could go through the different eras of George Michael. You know, like where he had the, the sunglasses and the leather jacket and the jeans, or when he, you know, he was larger George Michael. All I, I mean, it could. Anyway, I'm giving people ideas they probably don't need, but <laughs> what do I know? Well, so so it's funny you guys hit on something that I hadn't thought of, but it's something that I think is on the minds of, of many record collectors. To seal or to unseal? That is the question. So where do you guys land on this? And I say that from my point of view in that I'm starting to pack up my records, we're moving, and I've been in this year-long process, which I'll blame Brandon for partially, of really – putting my records in the best possible state with good sleeves cleaning them even new records really trying to get my stuff tip-top shape but i've been waiting to move so i could really get my stuff organized better right but here we are and there's (laughs) But, um, but all that all that leads me to i have a lot of records that were sealed that i'm unsealing because i want to clean them and and i want to listen to them and i want to be happy that i have the pearl jam rare 10 uh you know like record or whatever it is right um i think i had uh was it backspace or lightning bolt i'd forgot honestly i forgot i had the lightning bolt red right i mean so those things are are exciting so where do you guys fall on the seal or not to seal brandon we'll start with you 
Well, like someone asked me just the other day, like how many sealed albums I have in my collection. So I went in my database and pulled it up and it's about 386 of my albums are sealed. So, right. so let's do the math on. So percent to percent, the total, I'm, I'm going to talk about my day job percent, the total Brandon. Would you so, say that that's less than like 1% of your collection, 5% of your collection? Yeah. I mean, I have about 4,800 LPs and so 300, let's just say 400 of those are sealed. So, okay. but just under 10% or something like that. Sure. Sure. But, um, but yeah, like the, the thing for me is even if an album is sealed, it's, it's not something where I feel like it's sealed for the rest of its life. As long as I have it, that mm-hmm. there's just no rule in my mind that the moment I bring an album into my collection or into my house, it has to be open right now and played. It's like, again, I, I just go to that whole, I, th- I think I've been, collecting long enough i think i'm in touch with my listening habits and everything to the point to where i'm just going to go with my gut and if this album's been sealed for seven years and on this given day i really want to spin the vinyl i don't want to listen to the cd i don't want to play the cassette i'll go open it like it's there's no there's no time frame on that stuff for me do you have any that you'll just not you'll just keep it sealed indefinitely just for whatever reason do you have some that are just like no way there's yeah i mean there's some like the um like that anniversary edition of um of like a couple of slipknot albums like some og pressings that i have i think the reissues sound fantastic so i wouldn't see a need to go open those uh that that um audio slave revelations like we were talking about before sure. yes it's an okay album but at the same time something like that that's sealed mint condition i see absolutely no reason to open that so there's yeah there's probably a few here and there but at the same time i could wake up any given day and just say i want to play that today and there's no hesitation with me opening it putting it on the putting it in the cleaner and then spinning it all right jason i see you nodding in approval where do you fall on this one if it's a third man pressing, <laughs> you must open this. You must check this, whether it's pressed by Jack White or poorly pressed by Jack White. Now, what are you holding up there, Jason? Let's make sure we out this one. This is Pharaoh Sanders, Black Unity. Okay. This came out, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Mine is warped. It is warped like the Rachel Ghost show, okay? Be honest here. Thankfully, I ordered it on Amazon, so I will return this and just get another copy until I'm satisfied. I will say that is, a, I wouldn't say the luxury, but at least that's the uh, the comfort as a consumer that, yes, you you can keep sending that back with Amazon until they do it right. And if they don't get it right, you can figure so, it out. So, I mean, just look at Pharaoh here. He's like wondering why the third man pressing is warped. Watch. <laughs> <laughs> Jack White, why? <laughs> why are you doing this to my music? <laughs> but topic at hand, right, uh, Jason, where, what, what do you feel about sealed records, generally speaking? Do you, do you have sealed records in your collection on purpose or you, something you just haven't gotten to or what? Uh, yeah, it's probably something I just haven't gotten to, but usually I open it, listen to it, you know, enjoy it. I don't like it, then just goes to the trade or sell pile, you know? Mm-hmm. Poor Pharaoh. He does look sad. He does, he, he does like, how, how could you do this to me? He's like wondering too, like, where's Jose? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Listen, if Jose comes in at the end of this program and he's walking the streets of Guadalajara or where in the hell he's at, and Next he, he takes yeah, walking he takes by the wild dog. Yeah, a, a random dog. He's telling us stories about a random dog. Like can, can, connection may be dropped. I'm just gonna say it. I'm gonna say it again. All right, Arnaldo to seal. Well, we did a poll last time, right? Remember with my Saturday Night Fever? Well, that was a record, but uh, generally, holistically, wh- where do you stand on that? I mean, case by case, of course, but. I started to unseal records that I had sealed for 10 years because I bought the vinyl. I said, I have the CD. I can stream it. I know this album already. What's the point in opening it? Um so records are meant to be enjoyed unless you're buying it as a collectible. Sure. Uh, like my alternate covers of Lana Del Rey. 
they're so they're sealed. I have the record. Uh, I opened one copy, and I'm going to play that one. But the others are just for collectible purposes, so those all keep sealed. Um, and the only thing that changes really is maybe the color of the vinyl and the cover. Sure. Um, but when it comes to older records, like I said, I had that chic that was still sealed because it's a pretty common record. You find it. Mm-hmm. And I figured, when am I going to find another sealed copy? Really hard to find another sealed copy. So I'll eventually get a copy that is open, that is in good shape, that I can play. Um and you guys convinced me last time to keep the record, the Saturday Night Fever. <laughs> Although, just today I was thinking about it. I was like, I think there's a certain satisfaction in opening a 30-plus-year-old yeah. record yeah. that you know no one has ever played. And it's back to 1977 as if you just purchased it. Because the majority of those copies, especially Saturday Night Fever, have been played and overplayed and are really hard to find a mint copy unless it's sealed. Now, it's kind of like a bottle of fine wine, right? Mm. How long can you keep it in your wine cellar, right, and not want to enjoy it? Patrick is Patrick, the vinyl archivist. You're liberating. I knew you'd come. He says you are liberating him from the prison of shrink wrap. (laughs) (laughs) No, but Michael Tedder's got a good question here. He says, would you ever buy an album simply because it's sealed, though? I know my answer. Well, um, I think about a month ago, I came across a very inexpensive copy of Beggar's Banquet, The Rolling Stones. Okay. It's a U.S. pressing. It was sealed. Um, and I figured, you know what? I'm just going to open this because I want to enjoy it. I actually want to listen to how it sounded, uh, the original U.S. pressing, because most of the other ones that you come across are always beat up. Um, so, yeah, that's one that I didn't hesitate, and I opened it because I actually wanted to enjoy it. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I keep kind of repeating myself, but it, it, it is just, with these subjects, it's like the, the thing that really sticks out to me. Like, like my whole concept is whatever anyone does with a record is the right thing to do because mm. your collection should be your collection. And, and to me, it just boils down to when I have this album, when I grab this album, when I find this album in a store, if I have it in my collection, what is the way that I'm going to get the most enjoyment out of owning this album? And sometimes that's playing it. Sometimes that might be putting it in a something to display it on the wall. Sometimes that's having a sealed copy, but just really album by album, like how am I going to get the most pleasure out of owning this thing? And and I think uh, that's one of the things that I see. I think that a lot of people that aren't collectors don't really understand about what we do sure. because everyone just kind of thinks you have a record. If you're not playing it, what's the point? But it's, but it's like, how often do you go to a stamp collector and go, why do you have those stamps in that book? If you're not putting it on a letter, what's the point of having a stamp? Like, no one says that. Or you got you got these baseball bats hanging on your wall. If you're not playing baseball with them, how come? what's the point of having a baseball bat? Like, no one says that. They understand the collecting aspect and playing the sport and enjoying the sport. We're doing the same thing. Sometimes we put it on the wall. Sometimes we keep it nice and neat in its little sealed shrink wrap. And sometimes we play the hell out of it or drop it accidentally and scratch it and piss ourselves off because we did that not too long ago. (laughs) Going back back to the uh, famous words of the toy collector, you guys remember that? The show? Mm -mm. Toy collector? Mm -hmm. Jordan, whatever his name was? I don't know. He had had a a show that he would go and uh, he's a toy uh, dealer in New Jersey and he would travel around the United States looking for either estates or people that were selling off their toy collection. And he always said, um, yeah, it's more valuable for me because I can resell it uh, if it's a sealed toy that's never been played with. But he said, toys are meant to be played with. What kid kept their toys sealed? Steve <laughs> Corral and the 40-year-old version. No. I could right. wait to, to open up those Star Wars action figures in sure. 1978 or 77 because I wanted to play with them. So 
Yeah. <laughs> we're, right, we're, we're just grown children that are like obsessing <laughs> over. Speak <laughs> for yourself, Arnaldo. <laughs> All right, Jason, why don't you bring it home? Uh, Wyoming Dave has a, a question, and I'm going to I want to make you big for this one. It says, is Third Man Pressing a newer reissue company? Jason, what would you say to that question? This is your answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've been pressing records since what, like the late 2000s, I think? Maybe early 2010s. I, I think it's, it has to be like 2000s at least. Um, it's just Jack White's uh, label. That's all. He presses. I think it started as like a vanity label, but then yes. he started pressing other people's records, and then people started contacting him, like major labels, about pressing Adele records. And of course, he needs money, so he'll do it. You know. But, I don't know if I would ever get him to press my record. <laughs> <laughs> I will say I've heard, you know, some of those Verve uh, reissues they've been uh, tasked with have not exactly been uh, received well from a quality perspective mm -hmm. from customers. But it's what you hear. It's what you was hear. That, Jason, was that the pressed in uh, at the Detroit plant or the one in Nashville? It was pressed in hell. <laughs> what does the hype sticker say? <laughs> Detroit. I think, yeah, I, I don't think, does Nashville press records? Uh, he did have a plant there, but the Detroit one was supposed to be like the brand new state of the art where he invested all that money to start pressing records. Well, let's look at that answer. <laughs> the sad face of Pharaoh Sanders uh, says it all. Says it all. All right, gentlemen. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up the uh, the podcast portion of this presentation of Surface Noise. Uh, we do this every other Thursday. So if you have a calendar, I would be remiss. Uh, have uh, something to share. Hang on one second. Um, so if you enjoy vinyl, uh, vinyl storage solution sleeves. Vinyl Store Solutions is very, very nice and has uh, offered listeners and watchers of this presentation a 10% off code anytime you want to purchase products from them, be it outer sleeves, inner sleeves, brushes, whatever. I mean, they make all kinds of stuff. And it looks like it looks like I'm a salesman, but I'm not really. I just want to uh, share this with the listeners. Uh, you can use either the code VCP10 Vinyl Community Podcast 10 or my name, Concert Buddy, B-U-D-D-I-E. Now, I will tell you as a customer, I do tend to wait for the uh, larger sales, but sometimes you get in a pinch and you need to get some product. And so these, these codes are good anytime, 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 anytime. I probably would have done the service better if I would have said this at the beginning, but I'm new at this. So, anywho. Brought to you by. Yeah, brought to you by. Brought to you by. But no, listen, in all seriousness, like, I like the products, I really enjoy the company. If you guys can save some money on this, if you're listening or watching this, knock yourself out. Anywho, anyway, that'll wrap it up for this edition of Surface Noise. And thank our panelists, Brandon, pinch hitting for us this week. Brandon, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Arnaldo, actually, you know what, guys? Did you did you notice this earlier? We're all wearing black shirts. We must be really, really in tune in alignment. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. These are some handsome devils. Arnaldo, Nelias underscore frequency. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Chance. And Jason sweating in, in the heart of Texas. What's the promo code again, Chance? Farrell <laughs> <laughs> Sanders really wants to know what that promo code is. Thanks for joining us again, Jason. Appreciate you. Thank you, Chance. And that was another trip around the turntable. Thanks for listening to Vinyl Community Podcasts.